I trust your Bibles have been prepared. You were in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 for the preaching of God's word. And I'm going to read verses 1 down to verse number 13, even though the emphasis of the message really is going to be on verse number 13. But 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, their Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye rejoice, ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, Yet, believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them, that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your precious blood that was shed on Calvary's cross and for that gift, greatest gift ever given. But we are so grateful and thankful that after three days you got up from the grave, demonstrating your power over sin and death, the grave, and over Satan himself. And now, forever you are glorified. Forever you are lifted high because the Lamb has overcome. Lord, and because you have overcome those of us who are found in you, we are also overcomers. I pray that you would bless your word as it goes forth tonight. Use it, dear Lord, to speak to each heart and to strengthen us as we seek to do your will. Cleanse me of sin and to me of self. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. May the words be your words and may every heart be strengthened to be closer drawn to you. Thank you once again for your goodness. Take full control. Have your divine way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You will be seated. The Apostle Peter, in writing this first epistle, recounts wonderful privileges that himself, of course, as well as all Christians enjoy because of of the grace of God. 
let me say categorically that it is a joy to be a child of God. We are privileged people to be children of the Most High God. And Peter, in this epistle, note with me, talks of his privileged position. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He says, look at verse number two. He says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, peace be multiplied. Here's what Peter is saying. Listen, I have an identity because I am a child of God. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. And I am saved. That God in his foreknowledge intended that I would be one of his. What a privilege. We are to recognize that because of salvation, we are blessed. If God did nothing else for us, we are still blessed more than we deserve. And so Peter here gives us the privilege of our position in Jesus Christ. This great salvation that has been purchased and given to us, the greatest gift ever given. Now he goes on in verses 3 to 5 and he further expands on this privileged position to point out the fact that in addition to this position of being children of God, God has given to us an incorruptible inheritance. Amen? Now I know if I had said that you have an inheritance of someone here on earth who left you a couple million dollars, I mean I would get a bigger amen than that. But I want you to understand that this incorruptible inheritance that Peter talks about, listen, it cannot be touched. It cannot fade. Uh, Listen, it, 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 it is as the Jesus says, moth and doth rust cannot corrupt it and thieves cannot break through and steal. It is untouchable. Look at verse number three. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Look at this. To an inheritance, what? Incorruptible and undefiled and fadeth not away. He says it is reserved in heaven for you. So in addition to the fact that we have this privileged position, In addition to that, if that were not enough, God has reserved for us an incorruptible inheritance. Now, Peter wants us to understand the significance of this thing called salvation that we oftentimes somehow devalue. Verses 8 to 12, he talks about this glorious gospel. He says, if you don't understand how privileged you are, recognize that this gospel that we are privileged to be a recipient of, he says, even angels kind of scratching their heads wondering, how those people get so blessed? Why 
God loves them so much in spite of all the things that they have done against this God. Look at verse number 10. He says, well, let's look at verse number 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Look at verse number 12. He says, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them, speaking of the prophets, that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. He says this glorious gospel that we are privileged in dispens- this dispensation to receive, he says prophets prophesied of it. But they never got to live in this time. He says they desired to, to see this time of Jesus coming to this earth and, and, and dying and being resurrected and glorified. And we are privileged to be in an age of grace. He says this glorious gospel was desired by angels. Imagine angels who are in the perfect environment. God himself are still looking into this glorious gospel and they're like, wow. What love. But what special and privileged people to be recipients of this great salvation. Thank God for the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Peter gives this and sets this foundation because he understood that We had nothing to do with receiving this wonderful gift. We brought nothing to the table. Peter, we understand that he had the privilege to be able to walk and talk with Jesus. And he had failed Jesus many times, but Jesus did not give up on him. Even after he had denied Jesus, Jesus placed him back in a position where he could be a blessing. And I believe as Peter was writing this epistle, he understood that God had done such great things for him and all of us who would be recipients of this gospel, but we face as human beings a potential obstacle to fulfilling God's will and purpose for our lives. And as such, He gives an admonition in verse number 13. Notice he's chronicled our privileged position. He's he's outlined our incorruptible inheritance. He also further expands on this glorious gospel. All things that are a work of God. And then he says, as a result of all this, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Imagine after all that God had done, Peter understood that if our minds were not ready, if our minds were not focused, even though God has done all this, we can fall victim to not accomplishing what God wants us to do. And tonight I want to preach a message entitled, A Ready Mind. A Ready 
mind. Peter understood that our minds must be prepared. We must have a level of focus, uh, a willingness to be able to be ready because this mind can fluctuate. This mind is susceptible to lots of different things that can hinder us from doing what God has called us to do. And so Peter says, wherefore, he says, as a result of all that I've said to you, we have a responsibility to have our minds ready. You see, my friends, this year that has been presented to us, God has a number of things for us to do. God has some challenges for us to overcome. God has some blessings for us to be able to experience. But if our minds are not ready, we can lose out on what he has for us. And so tonight I want to give you three things that Peter outlines in this verse number 13 as it relates to having a ready mind. Now the first thing I want you to jot down is that you're going to have to prepare your mind. You're going to have to prepare your mind. He says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. The idea here of the word gird is to pick up something, support it, something that has the tendency to fall or to slouch. So he says, gird up the loins of your mind. I'm sure you would agree with me that there are times in our lives when we walk around feeling sorry for ourselves. How could they do that to me? God, why did you let this happen to me? And so Peter says, listen, I understand. Peter himself had experienced discouragement. Peter had experienced failure. And so he gives this this admonition. Listen, gird up the loins of your mind. Listen, sometimes you're going to have to pick it up off the floor. And you can't wait for somebody else to pick it up for you. He says this girding up of your mind is going to require some personal effort. It requires the kind of resolve that results in action with an emphasis on results. Not the kind that makes excuses about someone else, that what someone else did. He says, gird up the loins of your mind. I know that we are all excited about the opportunity to be uh, in a brand new year. And listen, it presents uh, hopes and an and, and opportunity but let me temper you a little bit that in 2022 there's some things that are going to happen that are going to discourage you. There's some things that are going to happen that are going to disappoint you. There's going to be some things that are going to happen that you're not going to like. Listen, in 2022 I guarantee you that somebody is going to get on your last nerve. But Peter is saying, listen, in such an instance, gird up the loins of your mind. 
Listen to what happened to the, the sweet psalmist of Israel and what he did in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 6. I want you to turn there because sometimes I think we somehow isolate ourselves into thinking that we are the only ones at times who are mistreated. And I want you to see the response of David. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6. He says, and David was greatly distressed. There are going to be some times in 2022 that you're going to feel distressed. And you more than likely can be very justified in being distressed. The Bible says, for the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. Here it is that that, that David and their company had been attacked. While they were away, their wives and their children taken away, captive. But look at what the latter part of that verse is. In spite of the fact that David was distressed. In spite of the fact that he felt like people were stoning him for something that he didn't do. I mean, he was trying to help. The Bible says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. In other words, David says, man, in spite of the fact that I'm receiving attacks that I shouldn't, in spite of the fact that it shouldn't be justified, listen, I got to gird up the loins of my mind. You're going to have to prepare your mind. It has a tendency to slouch. It has a tendency to, 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 to collapse. How are you going to do that in 2022? Spend some time in the word of God. Listen, if you abandon the word of God, I promise you, your mind is going to fall. Spend some time praying. Quality time. Spend some time meditating on the word of God. Why? You're girding up the loins of your mind. Spend some time listening to good, wholesome, quality uh, gospel music that's going to gird up the loins of your mind. I'm telling you. You got to feed your soul and your spirit. Peter says, prepare your mind. But secondly, I want you to notice in this verse, you got to purify your mind. He says, gird up the loins of your mind, but look at the next two words. He says, be sober. You see, being sober as it relates to a drunkard who has been impaired by intoxicating beverages the person is no longer sober. And as a result, their judgment is impaired. You ever see somebody who's intoxicated and they're walking, and they think they're walking straight, but they're not? They're not sober. Peter says, be sober. 
Peter understood that our minds are affected by sin. Sin clouds our judgment. We lose sight of our purpose here on earth. And my friend, mark it down. Sin is guaranteed to cause failure. We cannot allow our minds to be polluted by sin. Why? The same mind is what we need to see clearly where we're going. Sin causes a Christian to lose proper judgment. Just like a drunkard thinks that they're walking straight, but they're staggering from one side to another, so it is when a a life and a mind is clouded by sin, even a child of God can think that they're walking straight and they're making the right decisions, but they are staggering spiritually. Peter says, you got to purify your mind. Spiritual blindness is not beneficial to any believer. He said, purify your mind. Prepare your mind. But notice, the final thing he mentions as it relates to having a ready mind is that you're going to have to persevere. He says, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought up unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When it comes to this mind, you know why sometimes we lose focus? Because our attention is only based on what's happening and what will happen here on earth. He says, hope to the end, but let's understand that what's happening and whatever happens here on earth is not the end. So he's saying to us that it relates to this having a, a ready mind that, that, that there's no need to lose hope or to despair because we are on, my friends, the winning side. We know how the story ends. Forever he is glorified. Forever he is lifted high. Why? Because the lamb has overcome So we can persevere. We can press on in the face of difficulty because this is just an interim circumstance. You can persevere. You can press on even when you're disappointed, even when you're discouraged because we know the end of the story. We're going to accomplish all the things that God would have for us to accomplish in this brand new year. Let us keep our minds ready. Let's ensure that we prepare our minds. Gird up the loins of your mind. It has a tendency to slouch. He says, purify your mind. Keep your mind free from sin. Sinful thoughts. Sinful motives. Sinful agendas. And you know, when you keep your mind free from sin, 
You don't have to worry about actions because actions are a result of bad thinking. So he says, purify your mind. It's the command center. You keep it clean. Just like you keep your computer free from viruses so that it can function efficiently and effectively. He says, keep this command center free from sin. We got to prepare. We got to purify. And finally, he says, persevere. Hope to the end. We are on the winning side. And I promise you, we can keep these three things central to our mind 2022. God will do great things. And we can experience rich blessings from the Lord. Let's look forward to great things in 2022. Let's ensure that we have a ready mind.